What's your plan for this week? Every Sunday night, we email our members and post in our members-only group at 7pm, asking them to touch base. Take 20 seconds to click a couple of buttons and let us know how they're doing. It's not a massive thing, but it helps people take stock, potentially pull their heads out of the sand, lets us know if they need a bit of extra support. Then they can set a plan for the coming week, a crystallised description of what they intend to do that week. It takes into account our specific commitments and challenges. It will help take in the direction we want to go in. And we check in with them at the end of the week to see how people have got on. Not everyone does this. Most do, sure, but not all. And in most cases, when I talk to people about why they don't use the system, the answers are similar. I like to go with the flow. I do enough planning with work. I like a bit more freedom. I don't like to plan everything. I get this. I really do. Planning is pretty boring, isn't it? It can feel restrictive too, can't it? But it's worth remembering that in reality, there's always a plan. That in the absence of a different plan, it's just planning on default behaviour. Which is fine, until it isn't. If our default behaviour is working for us, let's crack on. If it's not, a different plan is always part of the change. Vaguely telling ourselves, I know what I need to do, I just need to do it, will go the same way it did every other time. Telling ourselves we're too busy is madness when you think about it. I don't have enough time to make better use of my time. What often happens when we're reluctant to create more concrete plans is we don't want to create the conditions of perceived failure. When we decide on a course of action, we're creating the possibility that it won't happen and we'll feel bad. Tell ourselves that we've failed. The thing is, of course, that if that thing didn't happen when we planned it, then it definitely wouldn't have happened if we didn't plan it. Not planning it doesn't remove that failure. It just hides it. Planning makes it more likely that it will happen, if anything. Less likely that we'll fail. More likely that we'll succeed. Not setting the conditions of perceived failure doesn't stop the failure bit. It stops the perceived bit. That choice to make a plan is often a brave one. It's easier not to. Hide away what's not happening. Hide behind those go-with-the-flow type justifications. It's always worth remembering that a good plan, well executed, does the opposite of what we tell ourselves. It provides freedom, time, of energy, of enthusiasm, maybe of money. But we need to be willing to create those conditions of perceived failure to make these things happen. Much love, John, nine from Outer Space Hall. P.S. I guarantee you, with an actual money-back guarantee, that our programme will help you create energy and enthusiasm, and probably time, and maybe money. Arrange a call via myrise.co.uk forward slash apply to find out more about that.